for joining myself, Rachel Patterson, and Pete Roquet for another episode and awesome talk with uh, Code Concepts, where we discuss relevant topics to the code enforcement industry. So I'm going to let Pete take it away with our beautiful special guest today. Go ahead, Pete. So today we have the honor and privilege to interview Linnell Stewart from Florida. Um, she is the president, the current new president of the Florida Association of Code Enforcement. Um, I did not know this, but they have the largest membership in the United States as far as associations go. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Great. Um, I also had the privilege to help uh, facilitate and help out with their conference, which is they had an excellent conference, a lot of, a lot of attendees, great material. It was virtual and you guys will be live next year, correct? Yes, we will. Thank goodness. We're looking forward to it. Awesome. <laughs> so with that, can you introduce yourself a little bit, Linnell, and tell us about, about the uh, Florida Association a little bit? Sure. Um, again, my name is Linnell Stewart, and I am the new president of the Florida Association of Code Enforcement. <laughs> I've been a member of FACE since 2006 and a code enforcement officer since 2006. Uh, I work in a little city in North Florida, city of Alachua. <clears throat> we have about 10,000 residents. Um, and I just kind of worked my way through the different, at the time they were called levels. Now we're not calling them levels. So uh, we, we kind of start with fundamentals of code enforcement. Uh, each one is a 40 hour course. We go through fundamentals and then legal aspects, um, administrative aspects, and you can, uh, there is an officer safety, used to be previously called level four. And then you can get your CEP designation, which is a code enforcement professional. Um, so I have, you know, kind of been watching on the sidelines for many years, watching the board and just kind of looking from afar. And uh, several years ago, I said, you know what, I would like to get involved in and do a little bit more. So I did start serving on committees. I started uh, serving on the legislative committee and just kind of get my feet wet there, learning more of um, different legislation that affects us as code enforcement officers. And uh, I served on the program committee for a couple of years also, which is under the first vice president, their, their main duty is to host the conference. Um, and that's how I got to work with Pete and Marcus and, and Greg and all of them. They helped us put on our virtual conference. This We we'd hoped that it would have been in person, but we had to make the decision to go virtual, unfortunately. Um, but it, it worked out really well and um, standards and codes really helped us. We had some great some great trainers and we got some really good feedback there. Um, but this year we are looking forward to meeting in person. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be in Orlando in June. Um, so I know we're I know everybody's looking forward to it. So I um, just kind of getting back to how I started serving. I was on the program committee when our current president retired, and so the first VP moved into the president spot, and the board had to select a first vice president. So I put my name in the hat and I was very honored to be selected the first vice president. Uh, so then I had to get, get to work quickly on getting the conference together. And then the first vice president, uh, after their term, they move into the role of president for a year. And then after that, they move to past president for a year. So actually when you're first VP, it's a three-year commitment. Wow. 
Wow. That's awesome. You know, just being a woman in the industry, I know they keep saying women, 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 but it is, it's special. It's powerful. You know, looking at your board and looking at face, it's impressive. And I, I bet that that's, in, you know, something that you're excited to be a part of. Can you talk a little bit more about that board and how, you know, powerful that is with all of you lovely women on it? Yeah. Um, as I said, I was I was really honored to be a part. And one of the first things I did is reach out to our past president, Cindy Drake, um, because she had a ton of experience on the board, you know, in many different capacities. She's she's probably served in just about every capacity on that board, if not every capacity. And I said, hey, um, I'm really sorry that you're retiring by the time I get my chance to serve on this board, but I would love if you would be my mentor and just kind of kind of guide me and, you know, help me through. And she has, she's been really great. And, you know, we do have some other veteran board members, um, our secretary, Dot, and our treasurer, Michelle, they've, they've had a lot of experience on the board too. So I'm blessed that I still have them. And then of course we have the addition of Crystal Patterson this year, our Sergeant at Arms. So, um, Crystal. Yeah, really excited about the group that we have. I think we have a good mix of veteran board members, and then we have some new board members, our first VP, and then our Sergeant at Arms. So I think we have a really, a really good group, and I'm I'm excited for the year that we're going to have ahead. That's awesome. We're excited for you. And one of the one of the things that I that I noticed is uh, like Dot and Crystal and yourself, you guys are also kind of looking at the national association because we are one big, you know, we're one big family in code enforcement. Whether I'm in California or you're in Florida, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, overgrown vegetation is overgrown vegetation. You know, uh, mm-hmm. hoarders are hoarders. You know, they're not. You don't say, hey, hey that's a Florida hoarder versus that's a California. It's, it's still a hoarder, right? <laughs> When it comes down to it, so I, I love the camaraderie that I see with a lot of the associations uh, where they do join the uh, national one. And 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 thank you. I, I know you're attending the uh, American Association of Code Enforcement this year, and so happy to see you. So happy, finally meet you in person. You know, it's, yeah. it's so great. So no, yeah, it's, it's great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 a really good thing. I, I love what you guys are doing. I saw, and you know, it's interesting because I get to go to different uh, places and see different uh, leaderships. And you know, Flora has you guys have your own structure, your own certification, and your own um, your own type of legislation. So, for example, um, the latest legislation that we brought on this show, we talked about was the anonymous complaint one. Um, that was a, a pretty big one. And I know um, during the f- uh, face conference that was touched upon because people had questions on what that means. So for the audience that don't know, um, the state of Florida passed uh, passed some legislation that says that anonymous complaints aren't going to be accepted. Something to that effect. Right, uh, Linnell? Correct. And, um, you know, it's, I guess I'm kind of in the middle of the road with that. You know, there are there are some legitimate reasons for folks wanting to submit complaints anonymously. And then, you know, you also don't want complaints that are not legitimate. So, but I think that people will, they probably will still find their way around that. Um, But it's, you know, it's been something obviously since that's been passed that all the jurisdictions have kind of 
had to shift the way they handle things, even, you know, from my jurisdiction, as far as how people are even able to submit complaints online, okay. you know, now that they're not able to do it anonymously anymore, how do we change that so that we're in compliance with, with the law? So all of us have kind of had to adjust to that and, and make modifications of how we, how we deal with things. But, you know, so far it's been, it's been okay. I haven't had anybody really, you know, when they're calling in, I haven't had anybody really question, question the change. That's interesting that you say that, Ms. Linnell. I'm, I've talked to other jurisdictions that go, you know, anonymous versus um, not allowing that. And, you know, they, they state sometimes their officers had to grow thicker skin because people are that much more mean when trying to um, inform an official of an issue in their neighborhood. So it sounds good that you guys aren't experiencing that too much. We aren't. And, you know, really, I know with my jurisdiction, I don't have a really large city to to monitor so it's easier for me to kind of be proactive with code enforcement whereas i know a lot of larger jurisdictions don't have that luxury because they're just they're just simply too big right um, so i do try to be proactive about things so if i see something while i'm out checking on something else i'll go ahead and deal with it mm -hmm. and i think that probably cuts down on the number of people that feel like they have to submit a complaint because right. they see that it's already being handled. So, um, you know, I know that that's probably not feasible for everybody, but at least where I am, that's how, that's how I'm kind of dealing with it. Makes sense. So, um, Linnell, when, when a law like this gets passed and, you know, it, it's not really about the law, but it's about like how the associations kind of take initiative into kind of mm -hmm. advising um, some of their folks. And I think it's important for people to know that these associations, they kind of have to stay on top of the legislative stuff. And I know you had a couple attorneys on your, on, on your, uh, on your conference that one of them talked about legislative updates. One of them talked about probate. One of them talked about, um, and, uh, the upcoming anonymous, uh, complaint, uh, thing. And, you know, for a small jurisdiction that not may, may not be so, uh, in tune with what's going on because, some folks don't don't pay attention, so it's up to the associations to spread the word. And and as a, an association, did you guys um, get together and say, let's put some information together? This is what it means. This is the interpretation from this attorney or from our board. And you know, these are uh, best practices. Uh, creating a policy. Um, do you guys uh, tend to do that when any type of new legislation happens? We do. And part of the role of the sergeant at arms is to have a close relationship with our lobbyist mm -hmm. and so um this year that's crystal so you know crystal would make sure that she's staying in communication with the lobbyist to to kind of stay on top of things that are kind of headed our way you know obviously not everything gets passed um but it's good to to even know the things that you know don't pass you know what things could be coming down the line for us and and how are we going to um, adjust to those changes and then making sure that we're getting that information out to the members, either by our blog post or by the newsletter. We try to make sure that we're keeping everybody informed of things that are things that are changing in the state. And we just have to make sure that, um, that that's part of the benefit of being a face member is just just keeping up on all of that communication and making sure that you're staying on top of everything that's happening in the state. Right. Right. And as far as your, um, 
being a, a face member, I know you guys offer certification, like you said, level one, level two. I mean, what you know, the different types of levels, and you know, you're changing them to you know fundamentals and stuff like that. Uh, what's the what's the education structure like for in the state of Florida? Is it is it uh, you have to get a certain number, certain CEUs? And I see that you guys are an ICC chapter, so you guys are also a preferred provider. Um, so is um, the IPMC or any type of those certifications uh, required or is it just the state, uh, uh, you know, a state certified officer that most jurisdictions are, are looking for? I think it I think it depends based on where you are. Um, some jurisdictions require at least fundamentals or they would require it maybe within a certain time period of being hired. So. You know, let's say that you're hired on and they say, well, you know, you need to complete fundamentals by a year or, you know, whatever time period that is. And each one is a, a 40 hour. And then there's an exam at the end of the week. Okay. Uh, so and then after you are you obtain that certification, you do have to keep on your up on your continuing ed credits. So you have to have 16 hours every two years. And so we have a lot of. We have a lot of training opportunities. Um, many people choose to just go to the conference because they can kind of get it all in one bulk. Mm-hmm. And also it's really great to network. So a lot of people just choose to do it that way because they can get all their hours that they need in that one conference. And then they get to have the networking and stuff. And um, beyond that, there's a lot of online training that they can do and then just submit those hours to get credit for that. So just depending on, you know, if your jurisdiction allows you to travel or if you need to do it online, but just, you know, making sure that you keep up with your hours, you're 16 every two years. Doesn't sound like it's hard to do. There are lots of opportunities for training and I'm, I'm jealous to be honest. <laughs> you, you yeah, know, we do have a lot of opportunity. And one of the unique things I saw that Florida does, um, and I was dealing with the the previous education chair, and one of, one of the things that um, that you guys do is you guys look at opportunities out there, and you actually put them on your website, even though they're not your classes, which mm-hmm. is very very cool. Um, for example, the Women Leaders in Code Enforcement was on your website. It wasn't a Florida thing, but they accepted that, and that's where we met you. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was a great conference for those that haven't attended the Women Leaders in Code Enforcement. Rachel was part of it. Uh, so was um, Linnell. And, you know, it, it's just these networking opportunities, even though it was virtual, it felt like it was like in person. So um, next year, I believe, I think it's scheduled to be a hybrid. So I, I, I know there's some planning stuff going on. So uh, Cecilia Muela is the person to contact. I, I, I'm just a guy that helps out here and there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was really great. That was something that I really enjoyed. I, you know, to be honest with you, at the beginning, I was like, oh, gosh, how are we going to sit in front of the computer for days? And then, <laughs> and then and then when we got into it, I was like, you know, this is really nice to get to network with people all over the U.S. I mean, it wasn't just um people in the state of Florida. It was people all over, you know, and like you said, Pete, that's how. I met you, you know, I just so happened to sit down at a virtual table and you were there. And um, so, you know, it's really good to form those relationships because, you know, being in the state of Florida, sometimes you really have no idea what code enforcement officers across the U.S. are doing 
And so it's really nice to be able to get together and network like that. That's why I'm really looking forward to going to the ACE conference. Um, It'll be my first, it's my first ACE conference. And so I'm really looking forward to it. And, and, you know, with these training opportunities and and I'll tell you, um, with the women leaders in Kona, I was like the only guy there, by the way. Me, Marcus, <laughs> Greg, we're like, man, no, Kelvin, so Kelvin. Huh? Kelvin was there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, besides the soccer people, there was another, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. there was like one other guy. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, so the odds on that, we were charming, you know, for, for yeah. guys. But um, end of the day, so this is what came out of that conference, which which I got to meet a lot of women that took next opportunities. Like, look, if Rachel wouldn't done women leaders and code enforcement, I don't think Rachel would be my partner in this podcast or webcast. You know, it's just, I met her. I'm like, Oh, ah. I met you. And I'm like, ah. Crystal <laughs> at ACE, you know, it, it was funny yeah. because and I'll tell you a quick story about Crystal, which is one of your board members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met her at the ACE conference, maybe a few years ago and we had a, a manager panel and our, and I think our management styles are completely different, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a let, let's get it done. Let's do it. Da da da. Where Rachel's more of a kind of like, a, let me see. Well, let me give me input. You know, like I need input. Like she's very calm. You know, like if you remember her class, she was like, everybody breathe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but me, I'm like, hey, let's get it done. Hey, why wasn't yeah. it done yesterday? I'm, we're just completely different people. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I learned a lot from her. And, you know, now she's doing all her stuff with the women leaders. And it's, it's just an amazing to see when women get together and empower each other, what comes out of it. Uh, to me, it's just the most amazing thing. And it really wasn't um, the perception that I got from people. Why do we need a women that's rah, rah, rah? I'm like, it, it, it wasn't like that. It was women talking to other women about their commonalities and empowering themselves to just be better people. Um, right. Jennifer Morris was another person that came out of there. She goes, Pete, before this, I was so shy. And now she's running a multi-agency task force on marijuana education. And she wouldn't have done it if it didn't get empowered by the women leaders. Right. Mm-hmm. So kudos to all the women that attended and doing what they're doing. I'm really proud of each and every one of you guys. Just this is from me telling all the attendees and any any uh, people that attend the coffee with my girlfriends uh, one week of the month. So you know, one Friday of the month or something like that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, Congratulations. So I know we deviated a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, we, we need an origin, a Linnell origin story of how you entered code enforcement to begin with. Hmm. Well, before code enforcement, I worked as a cruelty investigator. I was actually, I worked for animal services. And I think because I'm so passionate about animals. I mean, I'm a huge animal lover. I think that it was, it was just really starting to affect me in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, let's look for something similar, but different. <laughs> and so there just happened to be an opening at the city of Alachua. And I said, you know what, I'm going to apply for this job. I don't really know the whole job. Um, I, I know a little bit of it as far as, you know, was familiar with the code of ordinances and, you know, very basic. Um, and I'm so thankful that they took a chance on me. And that was in 2006. And I'm still there today. And I love the people that I work with. We have a really great team. We have a really, we have a really supportive commission and a really supportive staff. So that makes 
my job a lot easier when I know that, you know, the commission and the city manager and the department heads know that they're standing behind what I'm doing and they, you know, they believe, they believe in what you're doing. So it makes your job a lot easier. I know that, you know, sometimes folks run up against roadblocks uh, with management. And so I'm really fortunate, uh, which is probably why I'm still there after 15 years. Uh, it's just a really great place to work. And I'm, I'm blessed to, blessed to be there. That's awesome. Sounds like you'll foster that in another person if you're not already. So <laughs> like you get into this, this business or this industry, not knowing what it is, and then you fall in love. And I think it just takes a special kind of person. So I always say there's a special place in heaven for people like you, Miss Linnell. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, it just, I think probably all code enforcement officers could probably kind of echo this statement that, you know, the good things that happen in your job and the people that really appreciate the help kind of makes up for the folks that are maybe not so happy to see you and, and not so kind and not so cooperative. You know, you do have people who are genuinely grateful for the help that you're able to provide them. And I think that makes us feel better too, knowing that, you know, it's not just about putting the hammer down on anybody, but it's, it's about trying to help people. Right. So I think that, that, that makes you come back to work the next day. Those people, you know, there are the people that really appreciate what you're doing. Right. Right. And then having forums like the coffee with my girlfriends and the women leaders in code enforcement and this to all come together and reinvigorate that, that spark and why you do what you do. It's pretty awesome. So it is, it's so nice to network with other women and men in different parts of the state and then in different parts of the country because you know that they're dealing with some of the same same problems. They have the same struggles, the same, you know, hurdles to get over. And so it's nice just to connect with other people that really kind of understand what's happening and and they believe in the same things that you're you're doing because they're in the same line of work. So you can kind of it's just really good to have that network. And then also to plug into what's happening across the state and then what's happening at across the U.S. because, you know, take, for instance, somebody in Miami-Dade, they have a totally different set of issues than somebody like me would in, you know, a smaller county in North Florida. So the networking is really beneficial, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things as, as, as face president, I know sometimes, you know, we, we get the complaints from the code officers themselves. So, you know, you're getting top-notch complaints. <laughs> so, so um, and, you know, a lot of us, so when I entered the California Association of Code Enforcement, I was a code enforcement officer one. By the time I left, you know, eight years later, as being on the association, I was now a manager, you know, and. And one of the things that I tell people, join these associations because you start mingling with like-minded people with goals and, and you're also dealing with supervisors and managers and, you, and you're on their same level. So you get to kind of start thinking the way they're thinking, putting things into consideration where I think where when you're not involved with these types of individuals, you know, you grow as much as your surroundings. You know, when you right. start dealing with the managers, the supervisors, your level of thinking just expands and, and you bring this stuff to your, to your own jurisdiction. And I think that's so important 
for professional growth for an individual like yourself. Um, and and starting off as an animal control, that's a great transition. For I, I've met so many good um, you know animal animal control officers that excelled in code enforcement because they understand you know you know uh, a person like they're losing their dog you know they understand what the person's going through and how much it hurts because it hurts you know and, mm -hmm. and when we're dealing with people's properties and homes we understand we're affecting them in a certain manner and, and it you know it, i mean i i personally don't go around saying hey let me see how i'm gonna jack someone's life up today you know i mean mm -hmm. you know when you're dealing with somebody you try to get that emotional connection with them to say okay how can we guide you through this dilemma how do we get you into compliance how do we partner with you to fix this stuff and i think you know uh being on these types of boards you you kind of expand into a bigger how do we outreach to people how do we do this and i am i, am I correct or am i not correct in this system? no i i think you're exactly right and something i i try to remind myself when i'm going into a situation is hey, listen you don't know what struggles they may be having right now. You don't know what may be going on in their life. You know, you're, you're seeing one little snapshot in time of that person's life and you don't know what got them there or, you know, if they have the means or the physical ability or anything to come in compliance, even though they may truly want to. So I try to come into every situation with an open mind and just go, okay, you know, this is, this is what we have. So how do we, how do we get better and, you know, not be judgmental. Like I, I can't believe, you know, you've got junk all over your yard. Well, I mean, you may not know that their, you know, their loved one may have passed away last week and they just haven't had the will to get up and clean up, you know? So just, I think just realizing that everybody, we do have a job to do and we need to do our job, but we can be com compassionate and realize that they, they are human beings. And, you know, I think a lot of times you probably get back the amount of respect that you give. So just try to keep that in mind when you're, when you're doing your job. And I think that's, I, th I think it goes a long way. Absolutely. Code so enforcement what, 101. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Rachel. Go ahead. No, no, I just was making a comment. Code enforcement 101. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it might be one on one, but it, it you know, I, it's it. like why I tell people it's like working out. You know, it's like if you don't work out every day or brush your teeth, if you don't do it every day, you know, you, you get strong, you get better at it. You know, if you don't do it, then you know, you just kind of lose it. So you, you constantly got to keep reminding yourself that you need to be a partner for your community. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, us as code officers, that that's what we need to do. Let me see. Excellent point. Connect with the community. Learn about their needs and you will get better collaboration. That is from Jose Roig from uh, Austin, Texas. So you have a fan out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly Hi, right, Jose. So can you tell us the structure of the uh, Florida Association? Um, you know, so it's you, your, your top dog right now, the president of FACE. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so what's the structure and, and what, what are the duties that they do? So we have... Um, after president, there's first VP and the first vice president, their main role is putting together the conference. And so this year that's Steve Chifley and this year we're having our first in-person in two years. So I know everybody is looking forward to that. So no pressure to Steve, but 
I got my Mickey and Pete. I already bought them. They're getting embroidered right now. It says Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I know everybody's looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to have it in Orlando. It's going to be in um, June. It's June 7th through the 10th. Um, and that's that's a few-day conference. And we usually have a lot of trainers. You know, Pete, you you saw some of the trainers we had virtually. So we have the same, the same type of trainers that are in person. The, the benefit to having an in-person conference is just, like I said, the, the networking. Right. And being able to really sit down and just talk with people face to face. We did have a good uh, virtual conference. You know, we had the virtual tables, which is really nice to be able to sit at. But I think there is really something to be said to really sit down and talk to one another. Um, and then that first VP, they move into the president role right after the conference. So they are sworn in as president right after that annual conference. And so then I will move into past president. Uh, the second VP chairs the certification committee. So they're, they're kind of in charge of the education. Um, so looking at, our, looking at our courses, looking at the material, and then evaluating the CEP, uh, you have to turn in a legal issues paper to obtain your CEP designation. And so that team is, is looking at that. We have third VP, and the third VP's role is membership. So, um, you know, maintaining the, main, the membership that we have currently, and then also checking with different counties in the state of Florida to make sure, you know, are you a member of FACE? And just letting them know the benefits of being a member of the Florida Association of Code Enforcement. Um, our Sergeant at Arms, Crystal Patterson this year, uh, they are, really paying attention to legislative updates and the different laws that are affecting us code enforcement here in Florida. Uh, we have our treasurer who of course is probably the most important person. She's keeping track of all our all our expenses. Yeah. All our expenses. So she's keeping us she's keeping us on track with our expenses. And then of course our secretary uh, she you know, takes all the minutes, makes sure she's keeping us all in line for our meetings and everything. She probably has the most labor intensive job keeping us all straight and keeping all our documents straight. And past president, um, they are searching for nominees. So throughout the year, we're kind of alternating the, the seats that are open. So for instance, this year, we're going to have uh, secretary and treasurer are going to be um, open seats. So the past president is looking for nominees to fill those roles. So that person is kind of looking at the face membership and looking at the different committees and just seeing who, who do we have available that we could plug into those roles and reaching out to them and asking, you know, are you interested? Would you like to, to run for office this year? Uh, just to make sure that we really, we keep a good, group of folks and we're keeping people engaged makes sense yeah and one of the one of the things that people don't realize okay and and i you know i work with you on a conference so i know how in labor intensive it is and mm -hmm. uh, you know for those that you know serving on the board it, it's a lot of professional growth but the professional growth also involves a lot of work you know mm -hmm. it's it also feels like a second job sometimes you know and and 
can you can you uh, tell us a little bit on how much work that you normally uh, what kind of work that you do? I'm not saying how much, but what what kind of role <laughs> you do? Because I know you know I I talk to you early in the mornings at like five in the morning my time, <laughs> and I talk to you at like ten o'clock your time. You know, so it's it's yeah, you know, communicating it's, with you, and it's hard on the different coast. But can yeah. you tell me what kind of work um, that you actually perform as a first VP when you're doing a, a conference and also as president? What are you kind of, what are your roles and what are you doing? So the first VP, and I don't know if it's just because that was my first role on the board or if it's because it really is the most difficult job, but that is probably the busiest position on the board, I, I would say, um, because you're, you're responsible for the whole conference. So it's, a, it's an enormous responsibility. And I know that Pete, putting together that conference, I had many, many conversations with you about whether or not things were going to go well, or are people going to like the material? You know, it's, it's a lot of pressure for that person because you want, you have responsibility for, you know, roughly 2,100 members. And just wanting to make sure that you're providing a good experience is it's it's a huge responsibility i think so you have to put together the conference in in a normal year you would make sure that you secure a location so you know you would secure a hotel uh, you work with the iog the institute of government who is our association management to make sure that we have enough rooms booked we have conference rooms booked, we have speakers, uh, you have to make arrangements for food, or, you know, if there's nearby restaurants, you know, make sure people are able to eat, make sure they have a place to stay and make sure they have a good group of courses to attend. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> and then we do try to get secure sponsorships. So some of the you know, just reaching out to different vendors and ask them if they want to be a part of the event. And and so it's it's a lot of work. Uh, so really, probably once you get to president, you probably get to exhale a little bit. I know, I know that um, when when you and I wrapped up in June, I was just like, <laughs> now I can take a breath and the president's role, you know, while it is, it is still important because you're, you're basically overseeing everyone else and making sure that when we have our strategic planning session and we have goals and objectives in place, okay, are we working towards those goals? What are we doing to um, better the membership and, and how are we offering training opportunities? And so it's just kind of, you have your hands a little bit on, on every spot just to make sure that you know we're providing value to the face members and, and i think you know to to do like a board seat or something it takes a lot of work and you know not only do you have to have your professional you know nine to five job you know that you have to perform at a certain capacity now you're adding on you know um, a board a board seat now you have to do all this extra work and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a few people say thank you. So thank you. <laughs> thank <laughs> and you. not only that, but on top of that, you still have your regular life because some of us have children. Some of us have school. Some of mm -hmm. us need significant others. Some of us have, you know, and parents or, uh, you know, family members that we have to look out for. And, and 
right. lumping out is people don't realize it it, it kind of creates like a, a lot of stressors in your and people's lives you know but it's for the betterment of the profession you know and associations that know how to work together and you know and me dealing with your board I saw cohesion because I've worked on the boards where everybody's just bickering all the time. And th that's the evolution of any board. You know, you have a you yeah. have a good old boy network and then this network comes up and it goes like that. And, and you know, it creates all sorts of drama. But at the end of the day, I, I think the the love for the profession and your state kind of shines across, at, you know, with the work every single board does, whether it's in California or Florida, Texas, you know, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois. There's so many of them. I mean. Thank you for what you guys do. I, I know it's a lot of work, very little payoff, mm -hmm. but you know what? I, I think anybody that joins a board, it's so, uh, you learn a lot yourself. You learn a lot about yourself and you yeah. know what you're willing to tolerate and you know what you're not willing to tolerate as far as work performance. So yeah. thank you. I'm really, I'm really pleased with the board that we have this year. You know, like you said, we all do have full-time jobs and several of the board members are in management level positions. So, you know, that means that not only are they responsible for their board duties, but they're responsible for other people at their work, which takes a lot of time. The board in itself takes a lot of time. You know, you think about when you're responsible for over 2000 people and it's a volunteer, I mean, that's it. You know, I think it really takes a servant's heart to do that. So I really appreciate uh, the the people that have chosen to step up and take these board positions. You know, I'm proud of all of us. You know, we've had some some hurdles to overcome. And but I think that we're doing we're on a really great path and I'm, I'm proud of all of us. Yeah, no, and you're used as a model too, Miss Linnell. I mean, you have other municipalities that don't necessarily, um, you know, collaborate the way that your department does and the way that your state does. And I think it just goes to show um, for other municipalities, for other jurisdictions, for other states, um, that there is some compassion around this industry. There is a, a reason and a need for the industry. And I think that you guys are used as a great model to show other places like that. I know I go back to my own jurisdiction and say, Oh, I, I love this. Would love to have that camaraderie, that collaboration. So, um, as Pete said, I, I echo the thanks and everything that you do on the board and what you do for your state. It's it's pretty awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we do. We have a good group of board members. You know, we have folks there that really they really do want the best for face. And, you know, I know the members don't see a lot of the behind the scenes things that goes into, you know, the stuff that they see on the, the other side. But there's a, there's a lot of work and a lot of heart that goes into it. And we, we do have a group that's really that's really dedicated to the betterment of face. So I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. And, and, you know, just hats off to your board members, because I personally dealt with a lot of them on different occasions that have nothing to do with face. So I know a lot of them are really into growing the profession as a whole. You know, mm -hmm. I, you have a good group, uh, you know, just like with any other group, you're always going to have disagreements uh, about certain things. And yeah. um, to me, I, I think you guys right now, you're on a great path. You got a great president. That's why you're on here. If you weren't great, I wouldn't <laughs> put you on here. But, you know, love the smile, love the, uh, <laughs> love the energy, um, you know, and, Every time, you know, sometimes, yes, Pete. <laughs> She's like, hey, you forgot this letter. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, oh. 
So for you guys that don't know, this is um, Linnell is on it like this. She's like A B C D E. I'm like Linnell. I only go to A to Z. I, I, like everything in between is gibberish. She was like, no, 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 no. Boop, boop. All right, I'll get it to you by tomorrow. And then tomorrow's like, where's my stuff? I get send it to your email. It's like it's in spam, and we're like, oh, this is constantly a miscommunication with us. But that's why I love her. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That was it. That was probably the busiest my phone has been that that week of conference. And I probably send you five text messages. Okay, Leno, no worries. And, you know, internally, I'm freaking out. Like, is everything is going to look okay? Are speakers going to be able to log in okay? Can everybody hear things okay? And, and Peach just like, hey, don't worry. It'll be okay. <laughs> if it doesn't, it doesn't. We pivot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to have those different personalities because he's like, Linnell, it'll be okay. <laughs> well, that, that's how I normally roll. You know, there's a, there's a, um, Giovanna Gathers was here. And she goes, you know what? We, we go back to the serenity prayer. And you like, you know what? <laughs> there's some stuff that you can't control. Why worry about it? And you know what? Um, worst case scenario, you know what? It is what it is. People will understand, you know? Because you're going to have somebody that got their whole conference ruined because their chicken was cold. Although the programming was great, their chicken was cold and it ruined their conference. I mean, you can't help that stuff. Uh, but yeah. at the end of the day, you guys had a great conference, great speakers. You know, actually, I got a couple of the speakers that are going to be on my show down the road, you know, talk about like, just different topics. So, you know what? The benefit of working with other uh, other state associations is we get to, um, you know, steal their star player. They're good players for a certain given of time, and I love it. You know, it's it's about networking, getting that information out, and we're glad that we got you on our show so people get to know Nell Stewart across the country. You know, all ten thousand <laughs> of our our LinkedIn followers. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, happy to be here. Absolutely. Um, let me see what else. There, there was another question I had about Florida. Yes. So in so as far as education goes, um, you know, you guys are unique in, in the fact other than like crazy news stories, but <laughs> unique that uh, um, you guys have uh, like hurricane enforcement type of of, um, you know, hurricane enforcement. We, we don't we have like fire enforcement, like with, uh, you know, with brush fires and stuff. You guys get more hurricanes. How do you guys teach that kind of stuff? I know that it's it's usually a bigger issue in South Florida than it is in my part of the state, but they do have um, like weather preparedness courses, and you know I know different jurisdictions have have protocol for if there is a hurricane approaching. You know they have different protocol to put things in place. I know usually with me being in North Central Florida, I don't really get a brunt of a lot of the storms, but I know the the coastal communities. Uh, they do they do have protocols in place we do usually have storm meetings if we know a hurricane is coming we'll sit down as a team and just kind of go okay how are we going to get us through the storm and then how are we going to handle during during the event itself you know what's our protocol during the event itself and then the aftermath of the storm you know how are we going to get people cleaned up after the storm right. and i know that you know, South Florida probably deals with that a lot because it seems like whether it comes up the Gulf or it comes up the, the East Coast, uh, they're going to get some of that in South Florida more often than not. So uh, we have a few of our members that are further south than me. Todd and Todd and Crystal 
are, are probably in areas that deal with it a lot more than I do. But I know the coastal communities, they usually have you know, different ordinances that I do in place that kind of deal with hurricane. But we do have training. Uh, I did take one of the, the weather classes. It was put on by NOAA and just kind of storm tracking and storm preparedness. So we do offer, you know, training for those types of those types of events. Yeah. It's fascinating, you know, and just talking about that, Pete, with the, the difference in things that you enforce from, you know, state to state. I was in Florida one time and um, down in Melbourne and Satellite Beach area. And we had a code enforcement officer knock on our hotel room door and tell us that we had to turn our outside lights off because it was the <laughs> season. Uh -huh. And I mean, I, I'm a turtle person, so I thought it was the coolest thing in the entire world. <laughs> code enforcement on his shirt and he's enforcing a light for a turtle. I mean, you just don't think about those things. It's <laughs> yeah. fascinating to think about all of the things that we enforce, all of us differently. So that's pretty cool. Hurricanes, turtles. <laughs> And, and you know, and I, that's why it's it's interesting. Like um, Rachel's, she has, she gets snow. I don't get snow. She gets snows and hipsters in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. But, you know, what, one of the things I did notice about space, and and I forgot, you guys have like territories. So you know, I, you guys have the CEO ABCs, the CFCEA, the NEACE, PACE, P so you guys have a bunch of them. <laughs> I can't name them all. There's too many acronyms. But you know, I think of the movie Warriors. You know, <laughs> just a, but at the end of the day, you guys come together through face. Uh, you know, yeah. and and face just like with the national association, they come together through the different state associations, which is pretty awesome. You know, and I yeah. think. You know, you controlling, um, you know, how, how do you guys deal with when two different, I, I guess, different chapters have maybe not in in agreement? Do you guys ever experience that or, you know, one wants you to lobby for something or not? Or how does that work? Um, I can't say that it's never happened in the past, but um, I haven't experienced it. We have, I think there's 11 different local chapters and so I'm a member of the Northeast Association of Code Enforcement. So we have different chapters depending on where you are in the state and they, they get together and meet and they offer training opportunities. So, you know, that provides an opportunity for folks that are not able to maybe travel so much. It provides another training opportunity for them to, to get an hour or so worth of training while they're sitting down and networking with other members that are part of their local chapter. I did reach out to uh, all the chapter presidents recently and just say, you know, hey, introduce myself, make sure that, you know, please check the website, make sure your meeting schedule is accurate, make sure just, just to kind of try to get people involved. Let me know if you think that there's anything that we need to address. And we do have, we do have a good representation from the board for the different chapters. Um, Leslie, Michelle, and I, so the past president, treasurer, and I are the Northeast. And then we have Todd down in Southwest. And so we, we have a little representation here and there of the board, which I think is good because it's good to, to, you know, make sure that the different chapters know that we are interested in, in let us know if you're having issues, concerns, or anything you feel like we need to address as a membership. And just try to try to stay connected. It's been so hard the last two years with 
everyone, you know, not being able to meet in person for a long time. And we've had to, we've had to meet virtually so much and not able to really sit across the table from one another. So it's made it even more difficult to stay connected, I think. Uh, so just, you know, the board trying to make an effort just to stay connected with those different chapters and, and reach out to them and, and make sure that we're attending to the needs of face. I think it's very important. Absolutely. You got to do that extra effort. So that's yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. And w one of the things that I, I think uh, you'll be happy to know is that people are excited to go back to live meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm telling you, we experienced this in Pittsburgh. Um, and then I just came back from California, the League of Cities, and then California's uh, Code Enforcement Association uh, thing. And people are excited to be back. The energy's there. Mm -hmm. So I'm so excited, you know, support my little uh, L.A. Mickey hat, you know, and I'll be walking around in, your, in, in Florida. <laughs> be exciting. You know, yeah, so. and that's why I'm looking forward to having an in-person conference. I just, and I know, I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. So I hope it's a really great conference. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you're saying it's uh, June, correct? It's in June. Yeah, it's in Orlando. So do you guys have two? Do, is it was the last one? Yeah, it was in June. It was wow. in June. <laughs> wow, time flies. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. I know. So the yeah. ACE conference is going to be, and you're going to be there. And if any members are there, they can they can and talk Crystal. to you. Yes, That's and Crystal. So you have yeah. dual representation. You have two yeah. powerful women walking up into the venue, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, so I'll be there, you know, I'm, I'm I, actually, we will have a four leaf table there, you know, so, okay. we'll be there. so we're a sponsor. Saka will be there. Uh, let me see. So yeah, it should be pretty interesting. And that's in on the 20th, I believe uh, my dates are off. So I think it's on the 20th, I think, 22nd. Yeah. I think 19, 20, 21, 22. I don't know. I, I think don't know. I, I only sit on the board, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a bad board member. So, um, <laughs> Let me see. No, but it should be it should be interesting, and I, I can't wait to see you. Um, and again, thank you for you know joining us today with the uh, Florida Association. Um, Rachel, do you have anything? Any any no, other questions? I have tons of them. I had tons of them, like always, but tried not to monopolize it. But really, I'm just looking for, um, you know, what is the most special thing, the most powerful thing, the best thing about being the board president right now for the organization of Face. Really, I'm just proud of the group of folks that I get to work with um, because I'm working with some really talented people. I mean, you know, one of our trainers at the conference last year, he's on our board, Todd, you know, and he's, I think he may be training right now. I think he's doing a fundamentals class this week for us. So we have a lot of, we have a lot of talent on the board and I'm, you know, the president, I, I feel the president is only as good as the group of people that are surrounding them. So, you know, I feel like I'm only as good as the rest of them. And we have a really good, we have a really good group and I'm proud. You know, when I sit in the meetings, I'm just proud of the direction that we're going and, and the dedication because I can see it, even though they have busy professional lives, you know, they still make an effort, they're involved. And it just, it makes me proud to be, be a part of that group. So that's probably, 
probably my proudest moment is just being able to be a part and know that you're making a difference for code enforcement officers across the state because the decisions that you're making are affecting all of them, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we do have a question from the audience. Uh, how does uh, the organization think means will be in the future, all person, virtual, or some uh, type of hybrid model? Well, I know that some of the local chapters have started meeting in person again. And I know that our upcoming annual conference, we're planning for that to be all in person. Um, you know, it may in the future, if we feel like it'll work well, we may try to do some sort of hybrid. You know, I guess it really depends on on the climate of what's happening around us. You know, if we feel like people are able to travel to be away from work for the three days to attend a, an in-person conference, or if maybe we need to provide some sort of hybrid. That's why we always look for feedback from the members like, hey, we, we always really look forward to that feedback after the conference. You know, I know Pete, I was bugging you like, where's the feedback, where's the feedback, where's the feedback? Because we wanna know what, what they feel we did right, what they feel we did wrong so that we can do better next year, hopefully do better next year. So I think it just depends on you know, what's happening at the time. But I know right now we're going to, I know the board, we, we'd hoped to meet in person for this strategic planning session that we just had. And it just, you know, there were some folks that weren't able to travel because of COVID restrictions. And so we wound up moving virtual, but I think we're trying to, we're trying to move to in-person as much as possible. And then we still realizing that we may have to do a hybrid. So it's just kind of trying to be as flexible as possible. Well, what would Pete say? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It'll all be fine. It'll all be fine. Yes, yeah. yes, it will. In some way, shape, or form, it'll all be fine. Well, yes. thank you for being on with us today. I know that I just want to say, you know, thank you not only for what you do, but thank you for um, continuing to want to bring those, um, you know, your efforts to the next generation or anyone. Um, it's just a beautiful thing to want to be in this industry. So thanks for what you do. Thank you. And we love being uh, you being a role model for other yeah. uh, women leaders. Thank you for that. You know, I know, I know we, we see uh, we see you guys at the women leaders or wherever, and we're just proud that, uh, of your growth. So thank you for all you do in our profession, and you know, just thank you for uh, to, thank you to Face for having you on, and just you know, thank you for spending some time with us. Absolutely, right. of course. Thank you for having me. Well, everybody, and I look forward to seeing you. So, Linnell Stewart, if anybody needs to reach Linnell, where do we reach you at? Um, what is your face email? It's president at face-online.org. Okay, so let me type this in and let me see president and at uh, face online, right? Mm -hmm. Faceonline.org. Okay, so I'm going to put her email address here for anybody that needs it. Or you can find that contact info on the FACE website, too. Yes, on the FACE uh, website. It's, it's there. So if anybody has any questions on how to be awesome uh, <laughs> as a president, <laughs> contact them now. Stuart. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you. And we will see you next time. See you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.